This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. From Geppetto Studios in New Freedom, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Your home for inclusive, positive geek culture, where we talk about movies, comics, music, books, and whatever else we feel like. Please welcome your host. He would have been like the chiseled god, but now he's not. Brad Mendenhall. Hey kids, it is episode 268 of the Cosmic Trepetto Podcast. It's an exciting one, as three-fourths of Honey Badger and our amazing friends reunite to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, I know the movie has been out, but you'll be able to listen before it arrives on Disney+. Anywho, let's get to it. quarters of Honey Badger and her amazing friends. It's been a while since we've done this. Mike Watson is not here yet. We're hoping that he's able to join us a little bit, in a, a little bit later. It's tough. It's tough to find something big enough to bring us all together, but we found it. So first off, Honey Badger, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I, I, I am very good. Uh, Jarf, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be talking to both of you again. Feels like coming home. It always feels good, and it's tough because, Jarf, you were on by yourself a little while back, and you were just saying, it's like, ah, what's coming up that's big enough for Honey Badger and Amazing Friends? And I was like, Thor's coming, Jarf. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The Honey Badger, she she, she, she loves herself some Chris Hemsworth. Well, let me refer, let me make sure I always have it right. Is it that you love Chris Hemsworth or you love Thor? It's more Thor, but Chris Hemsworth is, he's pretty spectacular. He he ain't hard on the eyes. No, especially not in this one. There was he did a Netflix movie not that long ago, Spider Island, where he was the bad guy. Yes. H- have you had a chance to see that? Yeah, it was a trippy movie, but I enjoyed it. It was interesting seeing him not be the good guy, but he still was still doing that whole charming thing. It was just using it for evil instead of for good. As has been discussed many times, my mother, Linda Mendenhall, shares the affection for Thor. Uh, she saw it as well, Spider Island, and she may just may notice, like, he was kind of skinny. Wasn't quite in Thor shape. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we were going to be able to pull your mom into this conversation. Can we give her a call and get her thoughts on Thor 4? It'd be tough to get her understanding how a Zencaster works. I, I can tell you, I saw this movie with my parents. I saw Thor Love and Thunder with my parents. So I know what her thoughts are. They are not surprising in the least. 
I just want to make one quick correction. So Chris Hemsworth was in Spider-Head, not Spider-Island. Spider-Head, pardon me. That's okay. No, I was like, that didn't, it just didn't like sound right. Have you seen the other recent Netflix movie that had some Chris Hemsworth in it? Uh, And I want to see if you guys even know what I'm talking about. I don't think I do. Have either of you heard of or seen Interceptor? No. It is a complete B-movie Shoot 'em up, brain dead movie starring Elsa Pataki from the Fast and Furious movies, and also is in real life married to Chris Hemsworth. And Chris Hemsworth was an executive producer on the movie and had three cameos where she was uh, fighting to keep bad guy terrorists from taking over a station that can shoot down nuke missiles. And Chris Hemsworth was watching everything unfold on the news from the Best Buy Best Buy S store that he worked at. And every now and then he, he would just like flash back to him. He was like, hey, don't hit her. And that was it. Oh, okay. I feel like if that movie had a bigger budget, it would have been Missile Command the movie. Y'all remember that game, Missile Command? I do. Yeah. You're, you're correct. The budget was small. There were no actors in it. I mean, it, it was just her with a teeny tiny... Like, they couldn't even get Eric Roberts for this film. Uh, it ended up doing very well on Netflix because, you know, Netflix is a good place to have a crappy B-movie. It, it obviously got made because Chris Hemsworth is like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll produce it and I'll also have a cameo. So it was, it, it, it was, it was very bad. Elsa Pataki is very pretty and in limited roles can is fine she was in i know the the tom cruise mummy film she's played a lot of wives and girlfriends and she has doesn't always make it all the way through but having a an action movie rest completely on her is a little bit of a stretch if you have a chance it's on netflix just watch it and katie you can fast forward because we we know the scenes you want to (laughs) see i like b movies i'll check it out Thor Love and Thunder, it's made good money. It hasn't been completely beloved by the critics, and there seems to be a bit of a split on fandom. So I'm curious, and I'm going to start with Jarf. Jarf, what, what were your thoughts on on Love and Thunder? Overall, I enjoyed it. Some over-the-top silliness. For the most part, I was there for it. I mean, screaming goats. Guns and Roses, The God of Dumplings. It's just, it is bringing something unique and fun. I just wasn't 100% happy with where all the story points landed. I thought that Valkyrie deserved better. And I wish that they had drawn out Jane Foster Thor's story more. But again, Fun, we're seeing in the theaters, funny. We got Valkyrie canonically queer, so put that in the win column. So, yeah, overall thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. I remember when I was watching it, I was probably about a third of the way through, maybe halfway through, and I remember thinking, it's like, you know, I'm not loving this. Wasn't bad. But I was like, I, it, it just didn't quite grab me the way Ragnarok. And that's the other Thor movie that was directed by Taco Watiti. Ragnarok grabbed me right from the beginning. 
And this one, I, I was like, is this silly too much? And I think the first big scene where Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy and fights the aliens, and it was a little more over the top, him doing the split leg Jean-Claude Van Damme move between two crashing vehicles. It's like, oh, this is, this is a little more over the top and a little more cartoony. And it just kept me from getting engaged with it. By the end of the movie, and we'll talk about our favorite scenes, it had won me over again. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in. But it just didn't... Ragnarok, along with Winter Soldier, are there Marvel movies that sort of grabbed me and really held held on to me the entire movie. And this one took a little longer to... I want to say sort of similar to what my feelings about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where that movie also, it wasn't bad by any stretch, but it just took a little while to get me invested. But Katie, yours is the only impo- uh, opinion that matters about this. So what were your feelings on uh, Love and Thunder? I did not care for it at all. <laughs> it, it was so problematic to me. I just, I like don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> it seems like they let these actors like, do whatever they want and they're like okay yeah sure i think like whoever there there has to have been like some person or someone who was involved in ragnarok who wasn't involved in this one who was like reining it in because in ragnarok there were a couple times where i was like oh gosh they're kind of like towing the line of like being a little too over the top a little too silly but they always managed to bring it back in and it ended up being just like a an amazing spectacular film this one just like went past that went past the silliness and then kept going i love goats like they're my favorite screaming goats were funny until they weren't like they just kept doing the screaming goats things just like far too much when the movie started I deadass was like, oh, is this another trailer? And it took me a couple minutes to be like, oh, wait, this is the beginning of this movie. Uh, Natalie Portman can go fly off a cliff for all I care. (laughs) Um, I, I wish that they had wrapped it up with her with like the whole Mighty Thor storyline where she dies a hero, goes to Valhalla, the end. Wrap it up with the bow. That's her story. It has been told. As we know from the end credit scenes, obviously, that's not the case. God, what else? I don't know. If anybody wants to interject at this point while I collect my thoughts. How did you feel about Zeus? It was okay. Like, it was it was interesting. It, like, I liked the point where the gods were just like, ah, oh, f*** the people. We don't care. But Is that actually tied in with the beginning of the movie? Yeah, exactly. He's angry that the gods don't care, and it goes back to like they do not care. Yeah. It was an over-the-top scenery-chewing thing with Russell Crowe. I did like that he had a little bit of, he gets close to Thor, and he sort of whispers, like, I understand what you're doing. You're not a bad guy, but we have to look out for ourselves. So it gave him a little bit of motivation other than just being cartoony and lifting up his skirt when he walks down steps. Yeah, I did appreciate the like, kind of like, old man overweight Zeus like instead of some like beautiful like chiseled god you've just got like overweight middle-aged man Zeus you know once upon a time chicks used to dig Russell Crowe and now he's he's definitely entered his his fat Brando stage yeah he would have been like the chiseled god but now he's not 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I wish there had been more of Valkyrie. She's just such a, a compelling character and there just wasn't enough of her. And there was definitely not enough of Darcy. She was in there for like 30 seconds. Give me some more Darcy. Yes, give us some more Darcy and 110% agree. Give us more Valkyrie. This felt like such a tease that we were going to get more Valkyrie, King Valkyrie. And mostly what she did was deliver exposition. That is some BS. Where was her story? There wasn't one. It felt like there was more story in the preview showing her sort of bummed out as she is running meetings. They added nothing to that. It's obviously there's stuff left on the cutting room floor. She's too charismatic, an actress, Tessa Thompson, and is too compelling a character. She really needs, she needs her own Disney Plus series. Yeah, I would 100% watch that. Yeah, same. I will say that the first fight scene where they're at new Asgard and they're all fighting and Thor and Lady Thor, I'm sorry, she's not Lady Thor, Mighty Thor, um, are all decked out in their gear and Valkyrie is just dead ass fighting, wearing a t-shirt and like Wellington boots. Like that, that is cool. (laughs) I appreciate that. She's like, I don't have time to change. Like there's a fight. There were some comedy moments that did land for me in this. Maybe taken as a whole, the tone wasn't right, but things like Stormbreaker being jealous of Thor and other weapons that he wanted to wield and the way that it would hover and kind of creep into the frame really awkwardly. That kind of stuff was funny. What Katie just mentioned of Thor and Mighty Thor kind of facing off When he sees her and he says, oh, you've got my hammer and you've stolen my look, then he does this thing where he he upgrades his Thor look to make it a little bit more Thor. So I like that kind of humor. But yeah, I see what you're saying too, Katie. Yeah, I actually, the whole weapons getting jealous thing was ridiculous, but I'm glad you appreciated it. I feel like I rolled my eyes more often than I laughed. The whole Zeus thing, that was the low point for me. You had the god at the beginning who was like a piece of SIT, and then it just, Zeus was too similar, and then he was hamming it up so much. I like the concept that they're broadening the definition of what gods are in this universe. And so because we've really mostly gotten Asgardian gods so far. So 
I like this idea that, oh, there are many other gods of, of many other different religions, and and some of them really don't have our best interests in mind, and they're selfish, and they just want to have orgies and, and parties. So I like that, but I just, the way Russell Crowe delivered it just did not work for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I really love the concept of all these other gods. It was cool to see beyond like Asgardian. So I would definitely be interested if they explored that more obviously this movie was not really the the venue for that (laughs) no (laughs) because you got to move on to the next silly joke yeah exactly they seem to be scared and i know takamatiti can do this well they seem to be scared for the pathos they seem to be scared to have the emotional moment i remember when korg gets smashed to bits and it was sort of out of nowhere and it's in the it's in the second act i was like oh my god they killed korg and that'll give Thor new motivation and give some stakes. And then they turned it into a bit where, oh, no, he he's, turns out he can survive as long as he's a face. And they strap him to Valkyrie's back of her head and they're doing banter. I was like, huh, I don't think they should have done that. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, it was very like C-3PO on the head of a droid in Attack of the Clones. Maybe... The writing just was going for the bit instead of the movie. And while there were certainly bits in Ragnarok, and I'm with Katie in that there were times in Ragnarok where you you could feel them go into the line. I, I think specifically like when Thor got his hair cut and he's like becoming a weepy baby. He's like, oh, please sir, don't cut my hair. I was like, huh. Why are you bringing up something that you know is traumatic to Katie? <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. His hair is back, so we're good. Okay, good. (laughs) So, Katie, was there anything that you liked in the movie? I mean, like, I would say I liked the goats until I didn't like the goats anymore. They leaned into the joke too too much. Yeah, it was too much. I liked seeing Valkyrie as as the king, and I liked the new Asgard and... It, again, it was it, like the fight scene with the kids was funny until it wasn't. I did appreciate the one little girl with the teddy bear. <laughs> that was cool. The laser eyed rabbit. That was great. I like. I liked that Hendel's son was a part of it and Thor kind of helped him build his own powers so that he could become like his father. But I'm, I'm reaching, man. That scene where Thor has all the kids line up and he powers it up. And I also liked that there was a little bit of recognition. It's like, okay, you have the power of Thor for one day. like For a limited time only. I thought that was a pretty good scene. I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 I was pretty in by that point. I thought Christian Bale made for a good, creepy bad guy. A little bit too much of his bad guy stuff was done off camera. He should have attacked, and I think it might have worked better. You you have Thor in, in the Hall of Gods, and these gods are exactly the people that Gore would want to attack, and they're behaving in exactly the way that would tick him off. It might have been more compelling to have Gore show up and start wiping out gods. You They have that really great visual of the big dragon god when they found Sith. It would have been nice to show him engaged. So you get more of a sense of how this character is dangerous. You did have that really creepy scene where Christian Bale as Gore was in 
the cage with the kids and scaring the hell out of him. And it was in a legit creepy scene. Christian Bale's a really good actor, but they they did a little bit too much tell instead of show with that character. Yeah. I think the other thing, you know, I really feel for him that he lost his daughter and the the gods didn't help him and they laughed at him and, and all that. But like there really wasn't anything about the daughter, like at all, other than like that was his reason for becoming the big baddie. And then at the end she ends up being reincarnated and then Jane Foster is like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure she has a good life. And then she dies. So she just like promises that like Thor's going to raise this kid. And we have like no connection with this child at all. Like, why do we care? Jeff, what were your feelings on um, Christian Bale's performance and, and just the Gore character in general? I liked the concept and I thought his performance was good. It didn't really quite fit with the tone of the movie. And I agree that it needed something to raise the stakes and show that he was a threat. Because I never quite bought that he was the one that could beat all of these gods. Because they're all so different. They all have apparently such different power sets. How is it that this one dude with a sword can just kill all of them? So I think you needed to kind of the equivalent of in Ragnarok when Hela catches and then demolishes Thor's hammer. And it's like, okay, now paradigm shift. She can do things that we never expected. So we needed maybe him killing someone that we've already established is super tough and that even Thor is afraid of or something like that. I don't know. It just never felt like I never doubted that he was going to be defeated at all. This kind of goes to shying away from the pathos. I feel like there was the chance to explore this theme of someone who has faith and then their faith is shattered. But you needed someone more relatable to ground that. Maybe if they had someone from Earth who is a faith practitioner who was kind of caught up in all this and maybe commenting on it, then you would have more of a lens to see what he was experiencing. But I don't know. They didn't, they, again, were more interested in silliness than this. And I would also just side note, like to point out the irony that as we're coming down largely negative on this Thor movie, a violent thunderstorm is starting to brew up all around me. So I don't know who we've angered, but I think we might, want to tread care. I think we know exactly who we angered. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. this movie could have really done with a little more build up and it's something that both of you have called out a little bit 
we're supposed to care about Janus the Mighty Thor, and they do not give us a lot of time to do so. With as many Marvel properties that come out, it, it, it was a shame they weren't able to get a cameo or show up on an episode of WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, whatever, have her show up and beat somebody up or back, you know, lend support to someone to show, oh my God, there's another Thor in town and have just a little bit so it feels like the character has a running start by the time they get to this movie instead of reintroducing Jane, showing that she's sick, show, then her becoming Thor, and then by the time Thor meets the mighty Thor, Jane's already been that hero for, I think they said, like a month or two. It was just a whole lot to squeeze into a pretty short period of time. And same thing with Gore. Would there have been a way for, and this would have taken a lot more pre-planning than they had, him to show up in, heck, even if he would have shown up in a what if. When I saw the second Doctor Strange film, when you saw the evil Doctor Strange that was sort of heavily implied to be from the what if cartoon, there was a little bit of recognition. Just something to sort of set up these characters. This movie felt strangely self-contained for the fourth movie in a series and the 20 something movie in the Marvel universe, they weren't able to take advantage the way MCU movies do of having a Captain America movie is like, you already ha- know who Tony Stark is and know what he's capable of. Um, you already know Nick Fury having been part of all these adventures. So then when he shows up in Captain Marvel, we already sort of know who he is and we're already invested and they weren't able... It, it just felt like this movie was so much in its own bubble that it was really asking a lot of exp- exposition, which is sort of what Katie's saying about Valkyrie, where she was given a lot of the dialogue where she just tells everyone what happened. I agree about Jane Foster, but I disagree about Gore. I think it would have been fine to have Gore just only in this movie. You didn't need any foreshadowing, because I don't think anybody cares about that character. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe... They're from the comics and people do care, but I think it was fine for them to just appear in this movie as a villain. That's just going to be in this movie and that's fine. You need somebody to fight, but I was going to say something pretty similar with Jane Foster. We should have had her fighting cancer as a storyline in some previous Disney plus series or movie. And then exploring every scientific remedy and then kind of landing on, okay, I'm going to turn to magic. And then post-credit scene, she reaches towards the smashed hammer. It begins to move. And then you're like, whoa, what's going to happen next? And then, then it would be fine for her to appear mighty Thor in this movie. And it's like, yes, just like they built it up. But yeah, you can't cram that all into 30 seconds and expect us to suddenly care. And I never really bought the whole, if she uses the hammer one more time, it's making her the mighty Thor, but then it's also stopping her from fighting cancer. But then she also was already stage four. So I, that just wasn't clean enough to me for that. I really knew, okay, this next time she picks up the hammer, that's it. She's sacrificing her life. So I was kind of surprised when it happened. Yeah, and I get it. I, I think this is, a lot, this is a lot of business stuff. I think they had a tough time 
Natalie Portman, I don't think she was signing. She wasn't signing 10 movie contracts. I, I think this was sort of a one and done. She had a chance to come back and work with Taika Waititi, get to do some cool action stuff. But I don't I, I, I don't think she was interested. It doesn't appear that she was interested in doing cameos in three Disney Plus. And you could have made it work because we have, we've, seen, we've seen Darcy in WandaVision. And that might be a way Darcy getting called to the main plot of WandaVision and leaving Jane's side at a cancer treatment. I'm kind of curious what Katie thinks of this idea of teasing out Jane Foster's story more since you stated earlier that Natalie Portman can fall off a cliff or what have you. So uh, are you against that idea? Would you be for it if someone else was cast as Jane Foster? Do you have any kind of affinity for the character Mighty Thor? Yeah, I, I, it's just Natalie Portman. If it was like somebody else, I would be all for it. Like I'm all about girl power. Like you're not telling her to get back in the kitchen and take off her shoes. <laughs> right? No, I, I just had a real hard time with her. I do agree that they could have framed it better. Like even in, in WandaVision, like she didn't even need to appear. Like Darcy could just be like having a one-sided phone call. Or be telling somebody about like Jane's treatments, or or the, you know, like there are ways to like build that in so that when it happened in the movie, we aren't like, oh, okay, yeah, FaceTime with her or something. Yeah, exactly. So I do agree that that would be a better way to to introduce this whole thing. But I would have preferred if if it was someone else. I would have preferred if it was Darcy. Is this just a general Natalie Portman thing you don't like her in anything yes but I also don't like how she disparaged Marvel and then suddenly when they threw money at her she was team Marvel again like I don't appreciate that okay that's completely fair all right we're gonna take a little break right in the middle because there's something we got to do Katie do you have a question for us yes I do as I hope you noticed the 2015 version of Gamora was absent from the scenes with the Guardians of the Galaxy. What was she up to? Where is she? What is she doing? Ooh, okay. Jarf? Finding a more worthy boyfriend. That's so funny because that was my initial reaction too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris Pratt's in a weird place. First off, Chris Pratt didn't. I don't want to say he didn't look good, but he he didn't look action movie shape. He did he look a little gaunt or something? Like he he hasn't been in his Marvel workout routine, has he? No, I I totally agree. Something was off with all of those scenes. It was like everyone was kind of like phoning it in. But yeah, Chris was not in his best shape. And I didn't think Palm was really consistently in character when the goats were on their ship and what's Gamora's sister's name? Nebula. Yeah. Nebula's like, I'm going to put them down. Okay. That's in character for Nebula. She's pretty hard edge. So I believe that she would put the goats down for screaming too much as Katie wanted to as well. Oh, they've all be eating a bowl of goat by that point. <laughs> okay. Gross. But yeah, then, then Palm 
as Mantis is like, me too. And then she makes a mean face and she starts following Nebula around. Like, I'm going to put them down. I don't, she's, up until this point, she has been all about light, bubbly, and full of empathy. So I don't know. Suddenly she wants to murder giant goats. I don't think so. Yeah, though everything just seemed weird and off and like just not quite right. I don't think they needed the Guardians in the movie at all. I think it honestly could have been one scene of them dro- dropping him off at the planet. They didn't need the Guardians there for the for the for that first big fight. They didn't do anything. Nobody added to it. Groot and Rocket barely had anything to say, and they weren't particularly interesting. Nebula was the only one who I think seemed to be having any fun with it. So, um, yeah. That's a good answer, Jarf. I would give one exception to the Guardians moment. I really liked when Thor did the split and the Guardians were all standing around like, oh, come on. you Really? And that their body language and their facial expressions, you could just tell from their perspective, it's so annoying to have the God of Thunder as a part of your crew and... You do your best as a Guardians of Galaxy, and then he kind of sits on the sidelines until you beg him to join. And then he's just going to do the most extra thing to win the battle. So, yeah, I like that part. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For me, yeah, Gamora, she's just traveling space, trying to find her place in it. I think by the time we get to Guardians 3, she'll be in a sanctuary uh, on some sort of sort of religious quest, uh, I think she's going to be trying to find peace, and then I'll be. And sadly, this will sort of reflect the same idea that we had with Thor, where sh- she'll just be wearing a robe and being very quiet and contemplating, and then getting pulled into the action. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't see Gamora ever retiring to a peaceful life of kicking it in a rope. I would see her more so helping out war refugees or something like that. Something that speaks to her own trauma and experience. Would she still be like helping them repair buildings and tending fields and stuff like that? Maybe just rescuing people that are trying to help people escape that are prisoners of war, that kind of thing. I can see that that would be, and it would be different enough from what Thor was doing. So I I, I can see that. Katie, you asked a question. I assume you have a really good answer. I don't know if it's really good, but (laughs) besides finding a better boyfriend, um, I think (laughs) she is traveling around to make sure there aren't any other versions of Thanos floating around that are going to sneak up. What do you think was missing there uh, with the Guardians? Do you think having Gamora part of it 
do you think if they would have had her, is there something missing from the Guardians dynamic that would have been helped by having her there? Or do you think it was just, it, it was a cameo and you, you got what you were going to get? Yeah, I don't think she would have added anything. I don't think it would have been much different. I just happened, and, and it did take me a couple minutes <laughs> to be like, oh, wait, Gomorrah's not here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it would have been any different if she had been there, since it took me a little bit to even realize that she wasn't there to begin with. A lot of cameos in the movie. Uh, we had Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth and Melissa McCarthy showing up. Apparently, everyone's kids were in this movie. The character Love, uh, Gore's daughter that was played by Indigo Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's daughter. How did you guys feel about... Do you like that? Not just in not just in this movie, but any of the movies where they sort of fill it up with those sort of goofy cameos. How do you guys like that? Silence. <laughs> well, I, I mean, this is kind of approaching what you're talking about with the kids from a different direction. But Katie mentioned that it was cool that they brought in Heimdall's son. I thought that was something that they did that was particularly clever. Because it served several functions. It gave them a way to communicate with the kids when they were captured because he was learning to use his power. And then it narratively connected the kids back to Heimdall and allowed him to have some kind of a presence because sadly he's gone. And then it gives one of the kids that you care a little bit more about He's a little bit more fleshed out. He's attached to Heimdall. He's into Guns N' Roses and wants to be called Axel. So I think that helps you care about the kids as a whole group because you made one a little bit more interesting. As far as the cameos. So again, it's like the the over overuse of, of a gimmick where like it was the same thing with Matt Damon and Chris Helmsley's brother acting out play and you're like okay we've seen this bit before it was kind of funny that melissa mccarthy was hella because she's like the exact opposite of what you would think of of the actual or hella character but other than that it was like i've i've seen this show before this is the first thor movie to feel like a sequel every subsequent movie has just taken it in a different direction and now this this has a little bit of sequel-itis of Ragnarok where it pales in comparison and like Katie was saying we get some of the jokes recycled and it's a bit more over the top and less reined in I, I'm very curious if there is that sometimes writing or producing partner of Taika Waititi's that wasn't involved in this one kind of like James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy versus James Gunn Suicide Squad and you can see how much nicer it is if there is someone counterbalancing it and bringing in more heart and not just letting them go hog wild. Everybody needs a balance. You look at Takawaititi's filmography. He did Ragnarok in 2017. He did Jojo Rabbit in 2019. He does Thor Love and Thunder 2022. And then next year, Next Goal Wins is a movie that he uh, is directing is going to be coming out in theaters. Also, he has directed uh, an episode of Mandalorian. He uh, was a writer and executive producer and co-creator on Reservation Dogs. 
He also directed and executive produced Our Flag Means Death. And then he has done a lot of acting. He was in The Suicide Squad. He was in Free Guy, did voice work for Lightyear. And then he's also appeared as Korg in advertisements and stuff. Like there was one advertisement that had Korg and Deadpool talking to each other. I wonder, the this movie is such a huge undertaking. Is he getting pulled in a lot of different directions because he's doing so many different things? Is perhaps this isn't his A game because it doesn't have the same amount of focus. I mean, you re- re- recognize or think back to Joss Whedon. He directed Avengers. Then he did uh, a, a small budget versions of um, Much Ado About Nothing. They basically filmed in his house. And then he did the second Avengers movie. And by the end of that second film, he was burnt out. These movies take a lot out of people. I- I'm just wondering if he's been very lucky. Well, not lucky. But he's been very successful. And when you have the sort of success that Takuatiti's had between doing Thor, uh, Ragnarok, and then the Oscar consideration that Jojo Rabbit got, he's sort of got a blank check in Hollywood. And when you get that, you want to go for it while you have the chance. And I'm wondering if he got spread a little thin and he wasn't able to bring his best, his A game to Love and Thunder. I don't know when... Natalie Portman signed on, so I wonder if they had a completely different idea for a movie that would have been more heavily uh, Valkyrie-centric and then they started switching it around. So I, I, I wonder if, if that's just a thing of we're seeing Taika Waititi spread a little thin and not bring his A-game, and maybe he only had so many, maybe he only had so many Thor stories to tell. More silence. Apparently I just really brought it home for you guys. <laughs> there's nothing more that could possibly be said after that uh, I, by the way I just got a message from Mike Watson uh, he was sorry he wasn't able to join us he did say that he gave Thor Love and Thunder 8 out of 10 of course he did <laughs> I am not surprised at all Mike Watson does enjoy big bombast uh, he was a guy who up until recently felt that the Fast and Furious movies could do no wrong so uh, there was a lot of big bombast in this movie, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, I would probably give this a 7 out of 10 for me. I, I did like it. Uh, the end scene, I know, Katie, you, as you said, you liked it until you didn't like it. I really love that end scene with the kids fighting. I, I, I just get completely pulled in. Jarf, on a 10 scale, where, where would you put this? I'd probably go 6, 7, 2. I said that it was worth seeing in the theater. I don't usually go see movies in the theater. I usually, in fact we'll watch them in kind of shorter segments. But I think to your point about this, having a lot of bombast and you said yourself, Brad, that you, you were kind of not sure you were into it. And then you got pulled back in the same thing happened to me in the theater. There would be, there were parts that I liked and thought they were funny. And then I kind of got bored and, and I thought, should I leave? And, maybe see the rest of this on Disney plus. And, but then I would get kind of pulled back into it and, and having fun again. And I think that if I had watched it in thirds, that it just wouldn't, I, it would have taken forever for me to make it through because it is, it doesn't tell like a nice cohesive story. Yeah. I I think it is kind of just, it's sort of like a six or seven Thor romp 
with some some fun songs and and some decent gags and then some over the top gags and and not the best story but it, it's it's not like it's a two katie two out of ten <laughs> but i give chris Holmesworth a 10 out of 10 <laughs> i teed you up perfectly <laughs> I was like, I wonder, it's like, yeah, this is a, this is the movie where Thor finally showed his butt. I was like, uh, God, that's two out of 10. What would happen if he hadn't bared ass? Apparently, well, apparently this was like the best shape that he's been in for like anything. So this is the best shape anyone's been in for anything. (laughs) He doesn't look like a person. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And maybe this brings everything to, together. You have that scene, and it was a funny bit, and then you add, like, apparently he is so impressively, impressive-looking while nude that all of uh, the women standing next to Zeus all faint. And then they do the close-up on the, the Loki tattoos on his back. Was that a joke too much? Is that, what, like, sort of what happens? Is like, okay, it's a funny bit, and then, oh... Not only is he nude, but he's so impressive that all the women faint. And then you have the R.I.P. Loki tattoos on his back. Is that what this movie needed was like to rein in one joke instead of three? Yeah, it was it was too many, too, too much. What do we think is going to happen with Thor at the end? At the end of the crisis, a Thor will return. What will that return look like? See, I assumed when they said Thor will return, that they meant mighty Thor. I think she's gone. That that end credit scene leads me to believe she's not. She's in Valhalla. Yeah, but she's Mighty Thor. She'll figure out a way. She's Jane Foster. She'll figure out a way. She's the smartest astrophysics in the world. She'll do that thing with the paper and the pen going through it, and she'll come back. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jarf, do you think the Mighty Thor will be back? No, I think that that seemed like that was them tying the bow. Unless it's a what if situation, but in terms of the MCU, I don't think so. And it also doesn't seem like Natalie Portman is down enough to make it happen. Chris Hemsworth really seems to like being Thor. Of the Marvel actors, he's the one that seems most into it. Robert Downey Jr. seemed to enjoy enjoy it until he didn't. Yeah, it seems like Chris is still having fun with it. I just, uh, they need to... They need to figure some things out. <laughs> I think he needs an actual story. It can't just be another movie of him goofing off. Yeah. And is, are we now going to be saddled with this kid? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that could be interesting. Although, here's the thing. That was played by his daughter. I keep wanting to say Indigo Hemsworth. And I'm not in love with the idea that everybody's kids are on the set and they just put him in the movie. And she was fine in the role, but she's not an act. As far as I know, she's not an actress. 
she's Chris Hemsworth's kid. And for, uh, first of all, I, I also don't not crazy about the idea of having child actors, period, G- give them back their childhood. And let's not start that train wreck. You could have a situation where there's a big battle in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or whatever the next Avengers movie or the, the big team up film. And there's a big battle. Things aren't going well. And that ship they were on descends and out comes love and thunder. And there's cameos. And then you could eventually spin off that character into there's a lot of talk about them doing a Young Avengers. And that's the next member of the Young Avengers. It it really all depends. They could do whatever we want. So, so Jarf, do you want to see those two together and showing up sort of what Robert Downey Jr. was doing the last half of his time in the MCU where he would show up in Spider-Man. He would show up in Avengers movies, but he wasn't doing Iron Man movies anymore. And that could be Chris Hemsworth. He just pops up and is a supporting player. They could just bring in, they could bring in a completely different director and do something different. What do you see happening and what do you want to happen? Well, I think they're kind of painted in the corner with him being dad Thor to this little kid who I kind of have no interest in. I mean, basically that scene of them together fighting, like, that's enough. And it also, it seemed like she should have Mjolnir and he should keep Stormbreaker because it just looks bonkers to have her have this giant axe. So I don't know. If they're going to tell another Thor story, he's practically an immortal god. Well, why not tell, like, a flashback, like Asgardian tale with Thor. That might be fun. Then you'd get Orsgard again instead of it being blown up. Okay, yeah. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that sounds fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you really been you were hurt by this movie. I was. I feel like I feel I don't know. I feel attacked. <laughs> but I was just looking and there are a number of Helm- Helmsworth children in this movie. <laughs> yes. In the opening scene when you saw Thor running through the field and getting older, there's teenage Thor and adult Thor. Like he was one of the one of the young Thors was another one of his kids. And then a third child was in the cage of kidnapped his guardians. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Taka Waititi's kids were in the cage. Natalie Portman's kids. Christian Bale. And again, I'm not anti kids, but I just wonder as a performer how easier hard it is when all of a sudden this big budget 200 million dollar movie becomes a company picnic i'm imagining the dynamic among the hemsworth kid siblings where they're like we all get to be in thor 4 yay what are our roles you get to be young thor awesome you get to be the villain's daughter that's cool too you're prisoner number 17 (laughs) kids like i know which of us is the luke hemsworth of this trio (laughs) yeah i mean i'm just looking at and i'm wondering if part of this was because it was being filmed during covid so like they instead of getting child actors or other like actual actors that they were just pulling from the families because they were already there and they were already quarantined. Yeah, like they're, we're in the bubble. So let's just make the movie together in the bubble. Yeah, I really like just 
looking at the credits and looking at all the names that are all the same, maybe, maybe what happened. Something that I think could be interesting at the end, Jane Foster passes away and tells, basically tells Thor, don't close off your heart, encouraging him to, you know, not be afraid for, you sort of take that to be implied that opening himself up to being the stepfather to love Gore's daughter. But also, and, and you just caught a few just brief glimpses of it at the beginning of the movie where Korg's talking about Thor and the, him being a romantic character. And he, he he kisses the pirate woman and then he kisses the werewolf woman who was played by his wife. It would be sort of fun to have him be a, a bit of a romantic leading man. And we had that some in the first Thor movie, but... In, in the second movie, I, I think they were shooting for that as well. But Natalie Portman seemed to hate every second of being in that movie. That it didn't really work. And it'd be interesting. And also it would be interesting to have him like a little bit more of a fun romantic action movie. And I guess that's what this movie was supposed to be. But like more focused on this. I'm thinking of Willow, the Val Kilmer film from a long time ago uh, where Joanne Wally played his, his foe, who was so impressed by how great a fighter it was that they fell in love. And it's like, you, it would be fun to have something like that where you could really lean into sort of the action romance. I don't know if that's something that we've seen done really well in this series. And I, I think Chris Hemsworth has it in him. You could have that in my Thor flashback movie. Tales of Asgard, Thor and Sif. Get the Warriors 3 again. I don't know what the point of the movie and where it would fit into the MCU, but I think that it would be fun. You could work that out where there's some weapon they find at the end of Shang-Chi 2. It's like, hey, where did that come from? And then you find the origins of the whatever it is, the serpent crown or whatever. And you find the origin of it happens during Thor 5. See, Marvel solved it for you again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that they listen to this podcast? If uh, if Kevin Feige released a press release, it's like, Sorry, I know some of you view this as a two out of ten. We're going to do better next time. Yes. <laughs> one of our biggest fans was extremely disappointed in this one. <laughs> Are you talking about you or Brad's mom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad's mom loved this. This was ten out of ten for her. Are you serious? Her, I'm glad she enjoyed it. She had a great time. My mom, not even my parents, my mom watches this for a whole different level of entertainment than we do. If if she wanted to see something that made sense or was tightly plotted, she, she would just go and see the uh, Downton Abbey film again. She wanted to see Chris Hemsworth looking really good, and she got that. Okay. A woman who knows what she wants. And he looked good. He was in great shape. Yeah. He, he had his... I, I figured you'd be happy. I, I figured you would, he would at least get 3 out of 10 just for having the long hair again. Yeah, he was more full this time. What did you think about his various looks? Like his Guardians kind of rocker look? I liked the Guardians look. I did not like his mightier Thor look. Um, (laughs) I kind of was hoping he was going to keep that initial Guardians look like throughout. Like that was going to be his like new vibe. That could have worked him looking like that until you get to the very, to like the final scene and then he hits, gets the cape and the, the the real Thor outfit at the end. That could have worked pretty well. Yeah. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So guys, this wasn't the smashing success uh, for all four of us that I hoped it would be. It's always great getting together. I'm glad we did this. I need to know, what are you guys excited for? Uh, It could be Marvel or something else in pop culture. What are you guys excited for within the next, to finish out this year? And we'll start with Jarf. Damn it. I was afraid you were going to make me go first. I'm trying to remember what. Well, okay. This is not going to be on the same wavelength probably with most of your listeners, but I haven't seen the latest season of Stranger Things yet. That's what I'm looking forward to. I just haven't gotten to it yet. And I also just started watching Ms. Marvel. I only watched the first episode. I love it. I just, I've been busy watching other things and whatnot. So Ms. Marvel and Stranger Things, not new to the listeners, but going to be new to me. Okay, Jarf, buckle up. Because Stranger Things is so good. <laughs> it is um any of the other seasons, it is phenomenal. I'm I'm actually excited for you that you're seeing this for the first time. I'm jealous. <laughs> Great. Not that you're jealous. Great for me. Right. That it's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to and it'll be coming on Netflix. Uh, by the time this episode goes live, it probably will already be out. The Gray Man, directed by the Russo brothers who did the last two Avenger films and did Captain America Winter Soldier, starring Ryan Gosling, doing action in a way that Ryan Gosling has never really done before. And Chris Evans as the bad guy. I like Chris Evans, and he was a very good Captain America. But we forget that before he was playing Captain America roles, he was a really good smartass. And he seems to be doing this now a smart-ass, screwy bad guy. In the trailers for this, he looks great. Seems to be having the time of his life. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. The third season of Harley Quinn's coming to HBO Max. I think that looks good. Um, but, but Katie, w- what about you? You even gave me more time. And I... <laughs> yeah, I give you time. I gave Jarf nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's backstage like stretch, stretch, stretch. This is actually coming out soon. Is uh, Jordan Peele's latest called Nope. All of his stuff has just been phenomenal so far. Um, Get Out was just like incredible. Us was so good. I I can't wait to see what this movie holds because I think it's going to be great. That looks so creepy, and it looks really big. Like, each movie he does gets bigger in scope, but he still seems to have it dialed in. It's crazy, the guy from the sketch comedy show, who before that was on Mad TV, has become a big enough name in horror that he brings audiences in. It's pretty darn cool. I'll tell you what I'm least looking forward to, too, if you want to know. 
I, I got to ask now. Avatar. <laughs> Agreed. Every time I see a trailer and we're like in the movie theater, I'm like, nope, uh-uh, no. <laughs> I want everybody in this theater to know that I am not into this. <laughs> Is that going to make money? They spent a ton of money on it. It's dangerous to bet against. What's his name? James Cameron. Yes, is because James Cameron. We've thought things were going to blow up in his face, and they never have. But is that going to make money, Jarf? Is that going to make money? I know that there are Avatar stands out there, but I just don't see the need. And I imagine, based on how extremely expensive it's going to be, because there's going to be he's going to have to find some way to push the envelope even further. So I don't know. I mean, maybe with not just the movie alone, but the movie, the theme park, all the merchandising, maybe that way. Um, There's a lot of people who are super into this movie. So I think it it could do well, much to my chagrin, because that's just going to empower him to make more. Oh, they're talking about doing five or six of these things. Of course they are. But even he sounds bored with it, where he's talking about, like, maybe he'll do this one and the next, and then someone else can take over. It's like, when the first movie came out, they thought, was it Sam Worthington who's the lead in these? They thought he was going to be a big deal, and we found out in the years since that nobody cares about that actor. I was just about to be like, who? Yeah, exactly. They thought uh, when Avatar came out, yeah, Sam, Sam Worthington, he played Sully. He was the main character. And they also gave him a real plum role in the Christian Bale Terminator film. He did the Clash of the Titans remake. Like, they were they were doing the full Hollywood push to make him the next A-list star. And nobody cared. He's just another vaguely handsome leading man who has not nearly the screen presence they seem to think so. So... I'm sure he's thrilled that they start making these movies. He looks pretty boring, to be honest, looking at him. Uh, He'd be the best looking guy in the office, but that doesn't mean he has screen presence or charisma. Yeah. Jarf, what are you least looking forward to? Wow. I mean, I agreed with everything Katie said about Avatar. I actually forgot that it existed, so I'm kind of mad to be reminded. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, Shazam is coming up. Didn't you enjoy that one? I did enjoy Shazam. But actually, that reminds me, I'm not especially excited about, what is it, Black Adam? The Rocks? I saw the preview when I saw Thor 4, and that was the first that I saw the preview because I haven't sought it out. And, And I just, I mean, usually The Rock can do no wrong. But I just, I don't really buy into this movie and the whole, the world needs a superhero, but they're getting him instead. It it feels like a 90s movie with 2022 technology. And it, it feels like they're acting as though Shazam doesn't exist, even though it kind of the Venom route. So I don't know. I'm with you. I, I remember talking about that movie with Scott Corelli. He said that, First off, the sort of Superman, but he's an anti-hero, has is, is been done a lot lately. I mean, uh, season three of The Boys just came out with the evil Superman. And 
Invincible with the evil Superman and Brightburn, which was a young kid, evil Superman. And now we're going to have, he's not quite evil, but he's not afraid to burn people up. So that's becoming a bit tired. And what Corelli said is like, I don't really buy the rock. The persona he's cultivated over the last 10 years, he's a big tough guy, but he's a teddy bear. So he doesn't really have the menace in his performance. Whereas he could, if he wanted to play it funny, they could make an amazing Shazam 2 with Black Adam and play off the point that they're both really kids. So even when they're in superhero form, they still act like kids. They still squabble like kids. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not really excited about that. One movie that I'm not really excited about, I'm going to have to go and see because my kids want to see it. League of Super Pets. <laughs> First off, it's the uh, Secret Life of Pets, but now they have superpowers. It's that sort of same feel to it. It's like, eh, ah, crap, I'm going to go see that because I've seen too many movies where they had the trailer played before and my kids were there and they're like, oh, we want to see that. It's like, well, I guess I'm doing this. Oh, The Rock's in that one, too. It's Secret Life of Pets, but then you have the Rock Kevin Hart thing, which is fine, but just seems like a lot of stuff that other movies are doing. So I don't need, well, let's combine Jumanji with Secret Life of Pets with DC Comics. It's like, huh, maybe we don't need to mix all the colors together because you just end up with gray soup, right? All right, guys. Katie, do you have anything to plug? I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, nothing with special olympics or uh because you know you have some great work that you've done with uh different organizations do you have anything i know you've also been spending a lot of time just getting your life together because you moved back into your house we actually special olympics was is finally back and we had our swim season and all my athletes did really amazing but i am not doing any active fundraising or anything at the moment jarf what about you? Well, what do you have to plug? I know you're, you're doing some cool days and confused stuff. Yeah, 100%. So my podcast, Days and Confused 33 and a Third, I'm covering the film one song at a time. Got a chance to record with Brad. And it's just been a lot of fun using the movie as a lens to look back at folks high school experience and talk about the fashion and the music and the characters so that's on the scavengers network i'm not involved in this in any way but just something that i thought your listeners would enjoy if in case they missed it the unbeatable squirrel girl radio show it's a podcast with milana vantrub and of course once upon a time she was going to play a live action squirrel girl, but we didn't get that. So this is really a nice concession prize. It's really funny. She is doing a call in college radio show, which should sound familiar to Brad. And she's got a couple other superhero friends. And then there is super villain who calls into the show and then can commit crime because they know that Squirrel Girl is otherwise occupied doing the show. And they get a lot of great cameos from Marvel characters and then actors like Leah Thompson as herself. So 
yeah, highly recommend that. The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl radio show and then Days of Confused, 33 and a third. That actress, probably best known for she's been doing AT&T ads forever. I mean, it's hard to say. It's just she does a great job because it's advertisements for a phone company, but she actually does a really good job. Uh, she portrays a little bit of charm and some comedic timing. I do remember, Jarf, we, we first talked about her getting the role of Squirrel Girl on an episode with Mike Watson. Yes. And Mike Watson looked her up. He's like, well, she can't be Squirrel Girl. She's way too cute. And so everything ties together. And it's also crazy that I remember Mike Watson's critique of her as Squirrel Girl. Cute girls just can't catch a break. Katie, how do you do it? Very tough for them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Katie, you're one of them. Oh, well, that was very sweet. Thank you. Jarf, you're pretty too. Oh, thank you. We all need to know it. Guys, it's been fantastic. Uh, We're going to do this again. I, I don't know when. I don't know what's big thing. It might, we might have to wait till the end of the year to get all four of us together because it has to be big. And I don't know if Katie's going to watch the next Thor movie. So uh, we're going to keep in <laughs> touch. And uh, thank you guys so much. The end of the year. That's too long. No, we have to talk before then. We'll find something. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that we always want to do something big, but we can talk about the little things too. We'll just have an episode. It's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, we just catch up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That wraps episode 268. Big thanks to Jarf and Katie. They are superstars. We are sad that Mike wasn't able to join us. He'll be with us upon our next meeting. Next time on the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Luke Allen returns to talk about the highs and lows of Christian cinema. Till then, in the words of Jarf Harden, See you in the funny pages. Subscribe to the Cosmic Geppetto podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever quality podcasts can be found. Rate and review us while there. Follow us on Twitter at Cosmic G-Pod and we will follow you back. Unless you're a jerk. We don't follow jerks. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cosmic Geppetto. We love hearing your ideas for upcoming episodes. Email us at Cosmic Geppetto at Comcast.net. More silence. Apparently, I just really brought it home for you guys.
the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.